the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Black, black shadow at the center of the world. Backtrack the center, it'll never be enough. Killing each other, any other, any other, and another, and another, and another fall. Beat the waves, speaking to each other, killing each other, just one and don't stop. Oh, hate the waves, speaking to each other, killing each other, just one and don't stop. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money, I'm Rob Black. Happy Tuesday. 16 days till Santa. Thank you, thank you. 16 days till Santa, that's right. Oh, it's coming fast, huh? Um, markets are lower. Total global meltdown. European markets are having a messy Tuesday. Wall Street could be shaping up to have a similar overall bad feel. Um, is oil to blame? Oil's telling us something. It's not good. So as oil's gotten weaker, we're seeing gas prices getting weaker. And yes, there is a woo gas prices are weaker feeling. For someone like me who you know drives a lot, it's I'm saving a lot of money. Um, a lot of money. <clears throat> so I'm able to save more <clears throat> or maybe head out on vacation a little bit more. Uh, maybe stay an extra day, kind of linger kind of thing. And I don't think it's really helping everyone. I think there's a misnomer there. Uh, kid, if you ride BART, are you seeing your cost go lower? No. Um, transportation is still pretty expensive, all things considered. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing, and more. Um, it's the end of the year, and we're starting to pay attention to some of the negatives. Uh, Greece's stock market plunged 11% amid political strife and uncertainty about its bailout program. I think they're gonna have a, I think they're gonna have a election next week, and like no one's running yet. Like, how messed up is that country? China's Shanghai Composite dropped 5.3 percent, with reports attributing the sell-off to liquidity fears and angst about the government potentially lowering its target growth rate to seven percent. Turmoil in global markets. Woohoo! It's fun by me. Um, Verizon warned that promotional activity will put pressure on its wireless segment. 
in a very big word that I don't like to use because I sense that anything that's sexy about me is subtly unsexy when I say EBITDA. <sighs> but EBITDA, earnings before interest, tax, depreciation, amortization, and margins are struggling at Verizon. You're getting that brand new iPhone 6 and you know, you're paying for the upgrade, but they're paying for it, too. Because Apple gets subsidized. Uh, cons, dismal third quarter. Reported a featured 217% increase in the provision for bad debts. Um, ConocoPhillips said, hey, the oil prices have plunged. We're going to cut our capital expenditures budget. So not the best of days out there. Um, the Conical Phillips story I like because it's kind of a reflection of businesses aren't stupid. You know, when banks struggle, yeah, they'll lose money, but they'll also immediately cut costs. So there's some growth concerns out there today. Greek Prime Minister Antonis Samaras calls for presidential election shortly after receiving two-month extension to meet bailout conditions. Strengthen energy and utilities. That's it. Energy because it's fallen so far so fast. Utilities because in a good economy, bad economy, you still have to turn on the lights. So we're dealing with that. <clears throat> Portland has sued Uber to stop the fast-growing ride-hailing service from operating in Oregon City. Until it follows local regulations, Uber operates in areas around Portland, but only started up in the city itself last week without consent from authorities or any agreement over how it should be regulated. City's lawsuit is asking for a declaration by the court that Uber is subject to the city's regulations. A lot of stress about Uber <clears throat> and how they displace people. Uber's received a tremendously warm welcome from riders and drivers in and around Portland in what is, is noted as the Rose City. I bring it up in large part because uh, Uber's growing fast. And like I said, uh, if you've ever been in an Uber cab or Lyft, it's a terribly enjoyable service compared to taking a cab. Just throwing it out there for you. McDonald's is showing Americans how they make their McNuggets. The company announced its worst monthly U.S. sales in a decade. Now, McDonald's is trying to say, you know, let us show you how it's made. Because it's not made with pink slime or chicken beaks or chicken feet. So, uh, I don't know. It is gray, and it's ground up chicken, and it's made into a slurry, and then it's poured into molds. So... McDonald's is trying to show a radical transparency. Uh, they once showed how McRibs were formed. Sales in McDonald's are declining because people are getting more health conscious. I think. <clears throat> I don't want to speak for the whole world, but I'm going to stay with that, and I'm good with that. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, what else do we need to hit as far as big stories today? Amber Crombie, CEO, is stepping down. Mike Jeffries, a move that comes amid disappointing sales and shareholder pressure. 
he's a freakishly weird looking dude. And I say that, I don't think of myself as Mr. Handsome. If I were to give myself a rating on 1 to 10, I'd say like maybe 9.6. But he is freakishly weird looking. That's all I could say. Um, he came out about a year ago and he was like, only good looking people shop at our stores. And he was talking about you know various sizing issues. Kind of weird. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Apple, Amazon, Facebook, Google, Microsoft. Market valuation of these five companies is what, about $1.8 trillion. If you were to look at the 30 blue chip companies in the DAX index in Germany, it's about $1.3 trillion by U.S. tech companies. And you're starting to see Europeans say, you know what, we need to regulate these guys. Interesting battle. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening to this show. I do appreciate it. Anything you want to talk about? Money, investing, anything? You tell me. Pick up the phone. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Let's go to Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. Patrick? Good morning, Rob. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, thank you. I feel, I feel like I'm in holiday mode, and I don't usually say that this early, but it's been another good year, and like I just, I, I don't want to work. Is, is that, is there any of that going on on Wall Street right now? Like apathy? Well, yeah, you know, I, I don't know if it's so much apathy as it is just being conscientious that you know you, the year's been good, and so any um, money manager that might be sitting on. Um, returns above their respective benchmark, probably doesn't want to risk doing anything too silly and would rather just play it safe going into year end uh, and may not be all that involved right now. So, um, But from what we hear, these anecdotal reports is that there's a lot of money managers who are underperforming the market or a lot of hedge fund managers who have underperformed the market this year who are still in a position that uh, they need to uh, turn it up You know, if uh, they're going to hit their performance mm-hmm. metrics. And so they might be inclined to, you know, chase the market into year end. So I don't think it's going to be a a, a quote boring, you know, market into um, into year end. And we certainly see a little bit of excitement today, obviously based on some of the macro news we got overnight. I think uh, when I was at the gym late yesterday, I started started seeing like some problems in Greece. That's a like, great. I get that to look forward to in the morning. Tell us a little bit about what's going on in Greece and why should we care. 
You know, Greece is one of those situations where I think a lot of people, you know, were rightfully just kind of, you know, forgot about it, you know, for a while. I mean, it had its bailout uh, program in place, and then, uh, you know, the government there is, is making noise about, you know, wanting to be, you know, essentially done with the installment tranches of that bailout program by the end of this year. And so, um, so what's going on really is is you have uh, some great uncertainty there right now as the companies uh, as the country's prime minister, you know, called for an election um, to you know vote on the on, on the position of president, and the thinking is that uh, he might not have those votes uh, because he's going to need some opposition party votes to make that uh, happen. It's his handpicks uh, successor, and if that doesn't happen, then his government falls. Um, and snap elections get held in January for Parliament, and it creates a great deal of uncertainty as to what is going to happen to that bailout program. I mean, Greece is trying to work out uh, the implementation of a credit line uh, that it could tap um, on an as-needed basis as opposed to being beholden to taking these installment tranches. And so if you if this election doesn't go through, as the Prime Minister you know hopes it will, um, you have this the wave of political uncertainty kicking in, which then also ratchets up the uncertainty about what happens with Greece's bailout plan, and so it can create a whole mess again there for Greece. Um, so it's just one of those items that's you know back on the radar here. Um, you know what happens in Greece is not going to be the you know the be all end all for the for the global economy, um, but it probably has exposed um, you know some of the attendant risk that's come in with the market being so. Uh, complacent about, uh, you know, uh, governments coming to the rescue in some way, shape, or form to make sure worst-case scenarios don't unfold. It seems like some worst-case scenarios should unfold in 2015. Things like higher interest rates. Um, Europe coming to a realization they have to deal with their slowing growth and Germany kind of stepping in and understanding that and then you see China kind of needs to say, hey, we're not going to grow as fast as we used to. Um, does that mean, is it too obvious that it won't happen, or do you think it's too obvious, thus these should kind of hurt the market for a period of time? Well, you know, for some time, you know, what we've seen is this this divergence between what's going on in, in the real economy and what's going on in the um in the the market economy, right? Um, sure. You know, the market-based economy seems to be driven by central bank policy action. Uh, the real economy, ideally, would be driven by central bank policy action. That's one of the purposes. You know, these central banks are trying to uh, to stimulate growth, uh, running into difficulties doing that because of some fiscal roadblocks. But in any event, you know, you're seeing that uh, despite all of the central bank policy stimulus that's kicked in over the last five or six years, you have these global economies, specifically the Eurozone and Japan, you know, that continue to really struggle to escape the grips of recession and certainly aren't growing all that much. Um, and that is a problem. You know, it's, it's a realistic uh, situation uh, that the market uh, just tends to neglect uh, because it knows it has this backstop of zero interest rates, which um, you know it continues to feed off. So uh, you know the the central bank policy dynamic will be a really important uh, factor in 2015, um, not just in the U.S. but in the eurozone, in China, and in Japan. Um, 
And it does make one wonder, though, if things uh, continue to go south in those other economies, you know, will the Fed really step in and raise interest rates? Um, I think there's a reasonable basis to think that they're going to stay on hold uh, longer than people anticipate uh, because they've come so far to try and get things turned around that they really, I don't think, want to put themselves in a position of risk of um, increasing the risk that they're going to choke off the nascent recovery in the U.S. by prematurely hiking interest rates. So, uh, and one more point on that. I don't think it's necessarily a, you know, quote, worst-case scenario that the Fed would be raising interest rates in 2015 uh, if they can do it based on a condition of uh, improving economic momentum led by higher wage growth. Um, and also bear in mind, you know, we're at zero, so the Fed is going to be very deliberate with its interest rate hike effort if it does happen. And, um, you know, going from zero to even to 0.5% on the Fed funds rate is not uh, going to be, I, I don't think, going to be the end of, of the world, so to speak, if, you can, if, it's, if it's coinciding with a pickup in economic growth that is going to help underpin corporate profitability. Question, though, that's kind of a little bit more, I, I want to serendipitous, um, as a younger man in business school, as a guy who's put in many, many hours looking at the stock market, did you ever imagine a scenario where interest rates would be this low? Like, to me, I, I'm, I'm still at awe how long it's been this low. It's We have to move higher. Right, yeah, no, I don't think really anyone envisioned a scenario like this for the United States, uh, certainly, um, even though you had Japan sitting out there, uh, you know, doing what it was doing with, it's uh, you know zero interest rate policy basically, but after trying to you know uh, turn that you know economic mess around, but um, but I don't think really anyone envisioned that not only you know that you would see a you know one quantitative easing program, let alone three installments of that plan, um, and interest rates at the zero bound for you know I mean, what approaching six years now basically, and um, it is hard to believe and, and even. Even harder to believe is that, you know, when we're talking interest rate hikes, we're thinking that, you know, things could really fall apart if you go from zero to 0.5%, you know, on the Fed funds rate, which is still a historically very, very low Fed funds rate. But um, so it is really a kind of a strange dynamic. Um, uh, you're right about that. And um, it's just, you know, it obviously reflects um, uh, how deep the Great Recession cut. Uh, and right. the financial crisis in the U.S. cut uh, back in 2008-2009. Speaking with Patrick O'Hara, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com, great independent live market analysis. Anything that you're working on, sir, that you want us to be made aware of? Well, what I, I'm going to be working on is uh, an update to our to our market outlook for 2015. I uh, okay. don't want to divulge too many things there because I'd rather your listeners come read Briefing.com <laughs> to find out about what I'm going to say. But uh, and any, I, I will, you know, just tease it. You know that uh, you know 2015. You know the, the easy money trade of the last uh, year, two years. Well, actually, the last five or six years uh, probably is not going to be so easy in 2015. Um, and one of the things I'm a little bit concerned about right now is, is is what I call concentration risk, right? Where you know you hear all these pundits on TV, and anyone asks them, well, what, you know, what market do you like? Everyone likes the U.S., right? Um, and uh, and that's understandable. But I think when you've seen the market appreciate the way that it has over the past two years, based on this idea that the U.S. is 
in a better relative position, economically speaking, than most developed countries. I think a lot of that good news has been priced in, um, and you're going to continue to run into this uh, headwind of, you know, will the Fed raise rates or won't they raise rates, and there's going to be volatility around that. So, um, so it may not be such smooth sailing in 2015. Appreciate your insights as always. It's Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst with Briefing.com. Briefing provides, like I said, independent live market analysis, U.S., international trading, story stocks, story ideas, technicals. Uh, there's enough there that I can't get through it all. Um, and again, some of it as an investor may not appeal to you. Some of it will. Um, that's how diverse their information is there. It's pretty darn impressive. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. You can always drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. Um, Tesla stock getting hammered again this week. Cheaper oil equals cheaper gas. Cheaper gas means maybe we don't need electric vehicles in some people's heads. We'll get back there. Is it a buying opportunity? It's a very aggressive stock. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I love stories like this. It reaffirms my belief in humanity and mankind. I know you're saying, I wonder which story he's talking about. It's got to be one or the other, right? John Wall from the Washington uh, Wizards, which probably the worst sports team name of all time, the Washington Wizards, because Washington's known for magic and wizards and wizardly-like stuff. Um, but the story goes that, you know, he, he, John Wall was, he's a Bullets Wizards player, and he dedicated the win uh, to a young six-year-old cancer child. I guess six-year-olds automatically implies child, right? Um, great story. Unbelievable. Breaks down. If you watch Sports Center. it's pretty powerful. Um, he finished with 26 points, 17 assists. He dedicated the game to Mia Nelson, who died Monday morning after battling Burkitt's lymphoma. Six years old. But in the post-game interview, he said it's tough to see a little kid fight so hard. And he can't beat it. So this game's for her, my jersey, my shorts. I'm going to give it to her family. It's a tough day for me. Uh, and then he just goes down and breaks down on camera. That's a great story, but it's not the greatest story of the day. Greatest story of the day has to go to the headline, Woman Nearly Has Her Face Destroyed by a TGIF Friday's Mistletoe Drone. That's right. Drones, what we're all talking about. 
You're sitting in a booth at TGIF, TGI Fridays, which already says your life isn't going so great. You're minding your own business. You're thinking about what crappy appetizer to order. And then a little helicopter robot drone comes over to you with mistletoe. And it's cute to inspire you know, more guests to come together. Um, so a photojournalist was assigned to take pictures of couples kissing underneath it, the promotion drone. The man operating the drone was showing the Daily Reporter that the drone could land easily on her hand. Kind of landed, but it did something to her hand. I don't know whether it was buzzing or what she said, and when basically she flinched. So the little toy drone for children flies into her face. She couldn't get it off. She panics. It basically hit her eye. <laughs> and uh, I just think that's classic. Can you imagine going to TGI, TGI Fridays and uh, you're with your bow and a little helicopter thing just scarfs up your face? Yay! Happy, happy, joy, joy, right? Not a good use of a drone. Uh, that's just silly at that point. Now, if you could put a missile on it and blow up people, that's great use of a drone. Greek Prime Minister is calling for a presidential election shortly after receiving two-month extension to meet bailout conditions. Big problem there. Shanghai, China having problems with growth. Germany's November imports drop at fastest rate in almost two years. Market doesn't like this. All of those stories we kind of had an idea of. It's not tricks, tricks or magic. It's not like we need a Washington wizard to, to show us the error of that way. But you kind of get the idea. Um, the market has been ignoring some issues out there. And Greece is a problem, a really big problem. And growth in China has been sometimes at least artificial. It's real. But when you're paying for stuff with money you're printing, it's how real is it? Chinese stocks could go way down or way, way, way up. That's the problem here. You know, Morgan Stanley gave an overview of six tracks that they think the market could take from here. You know, they see the index gaining 453% as price to earnings multiples expand to 71. Wow. That's one scenario. They see a return of a historical P.E. to 21.8. I would give it 70% upside from here. An increase in the same P.E. multiple as the S&P 500 to 18.4 would be a 42% increase. An increase to the historical peak P.E. of 71 would give it 453% upside. It's the first one I mentioned. So they basically see nothing but upside. And they're giving little examples here and little examples there of why. You know, for instance, I think their smallest upside scenario that I was able to read was up 28%, and they said a standard, a one standard deviation decline from historical average PE of 9.3 would be a 28% decline from here. Okay, so that's a negative. Um, but everything else is up, so they see five upside scenarios based on historical factors that you can currently model. Crazy, right? 800. 516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Every market that I'm seeing right now is in the red. 
I guess the Hang Seng, the FTSE, the Nikkei, the DAX, um, every single market. Who cares? You know, we're due for a really good correction. Is this going to be it, or do we have 10 mini corrections over the next five years? It's tough to say. No one knows. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. I always have seminars coming up. I have a webinar coming up at the end of the month. Uh, you can learn more about it at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. It's about 10 days from now. It's a Thursday. You do have to sign up for it. Declining that they're defaulting on a loan. Don't own stocks like that. If the stock is that weak and that hated, you don't want anything to do with it. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Again, webinar coming up in about 10 days. You can sign up for it at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.